It's a bit of a shame that we have basically this one celebration each year where we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit because the sequence itself could be the basis for uh, several weeks of reflections on the meaning of the gift of the Holy Spirit, the place of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, but I will not belabor the point today. I'm going to focus on one aspect of the Holy Spirit's presence in the church, something we're going to say in the creed in a moment. The Holy Spirit has spoken through the prophets. This refers, of course, to the Old Testament. And in several places in the Old Testament, we see the Spirit overcoming a man, such as Saul or David or Elijah. And they become different men. They undergo a conversion, a kind of death and resurrection, we might say, even. And in this conversion, they begin to intuit the inner spiritual meaning of God's creation and the events of history. In other words, they become recorders and interpreters of God's revelation. The Holy Spirit reveals, literally unveils, what has been hidden in human affairs. It seems like every day right now the news media is bombarding us with more and more bad news. What does it mean exactly that 100,000 Americans have died of a novel coronavirus infection? Or how do we understand the deaths of citizens at the hands of law enforcement? How do we make sense of protests that escalate into violent looting and destruction? These are questions that any conscientious person is likely to be asking himself right now. But the most crucial question to ask, the one that is laid before us in today's solemnity, is this. Am I reading the signs of the times by the light of the Holy Spirit or by human wisdom? Am I letting myself be moved and led by the Holy Spirit? And how would I know if I were or I were not? Our Lord instructed his disciples to wait for the gift of the Spirit, to go back into the city and wait. And so, to begin with, we can say that a panicked response to life is certainly not one of the Spirit. If we go back to King Saul for a moment, his life illustrates this. He lost the gift of the Spirit. How? Because he panicked. He decided to rely on his own resources, his own ideas, and offer sacrifice before he was supposed to. Instead of waiting for the prophet Samuel, uh, he let self-doubt and discomfort overtake him. And he took things into his own hands. What we can see here is that our first impulses, our human impulses, are usually emotional ones. And if we are those who wish to be living by the Holy Spirit and not by the flesh, it behooves us to let those first impulsive responses subside a bit, not act right away, and then to ask the help of the Holy Spirit to sort out what's actually going on for real. Surely, if our response is always an immediate one for reacting constantly to things, 
uh, we're probably not having things revealed to us. We're, we're taking things at face value, at the level of the human, at what's visible, rather than patiently waiting for what's invisible to be revealed and unveiled to us. Jesus himself was often silent when he was faced with agitating questions or situations, or when a crowd or a a powerful person was pushing him to take sides. He waits. What is revealed in his words when he does speak, if he does speak, is a wisdom that his detractors can't withstand or contradict. This is the enlightenment of our minds and hearts that we should seek from the Holy Spirit every day. The Spirit will call to mind, to our minds, all that the Lord has taught us so we can measure our response against our Lord's teaching, so we can respond out of the love of Christ and not out of fear or the desires of the flesh. So what might the Spirit be saying to us in our present circumstances? Truly, one thing we're being reminded of right now is that in this world, we're going to have trouble. Our Lord didn't promise us a a peaceful life uh, in, in the world's peace, the peace the world tries to give us. But in the midst of this tribulation and all this trouble, we can be of good cheer. Why? Because Christ has overcome this world. This isn't our final home. It's easy to forget that this world isn't what we're meant for when things are going well. We can easily get uh, kind of slack and expect that things are going to keep going well as they are. We can imagine that world order and peace are just a matter of uh, being smart, getting a good education, applying sociology and science and technique. And it's easy to stop in those circumstances from seeking Christ's peace, the true peace the peace that comes from abiding in his Father's will. Now, this doesn't mean that we should be active seekers of disorder in this world by any means, because our Lord blesses the peacemakers. He blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. Nor should it be the case that we cease to pray for our leaders. I often like to point out, since I've been in the monastery, every single day I prayed for the president, no matter which party he belongs to, whatever his temperament, his policies, We pray for him. We pray for our governor, our mayor, because they are tasked with upholding at least a modicum of peace so that we can live our lives quietly in seeking God. We don't have to be put through temptation. But we have to remember that any peace or justice that we manage to achieve in this world is only going to be provisional. We should seek it, but it's not going to be a lasting peace. We will always need to wait. We will need hope, in other words. We'll have to wait on God's peace and justice to abide in the sure hope of God's kingdom, the eternal kingdom. And by our faith and love, we should learn to draw others to that same hope. One last point on this beautiful feast day. Our Lord frequently refers to the Holy Spirit as a gift This is especially clear in Luke's Gospel. We also have the tradition in the Church of referring to the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is to say that God wills freely to give us that spiritual wisdom and insight that we crave. 
And our task is to ask God for this gift. It is a gift. It's not something we earn from God. But he wants to give it to us. The word for gift in Greek is charis, which also means grace. And then we have to unwrap this gift and receive it with gratitude. Would it make sense for a child to ask for a Christmas gift and then on Christmas morning not to open it? Or for the child to open the gift and put it in a closet immediately? Of course not. If we ask for the gift, if we ask God daily to enkindle our hearts with the fire of his love, will we take the time to open that gift, to savor that gift, to look for opportunities to put that gift into practice, to allow it to be revealed in our everyday lives, to look for opportunities to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to act with fortitude, to act with counsel. When we face temptations, do we panic and rely on our own resources like Saul? Or do we look for that abiding presence of the Spirit and then respond in holiness and humility? Let us humbly and fervently ask the Holy Spirit to renew the face of our precious earth. And then let us, as men of prayer, wait attentively for this renewal, welcome it in our own hearts, and as men of peace, live it daily.